Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapist. So I would assume it doesn't matter if you call it soccer or if you call it football, we do have an international audience for this podcast, but I bet that you have at the very least heard about the FIFA World Cup that it's taking place, you know, right now in Qatar, the 2022 soccer or football World Cup. And, you know, I shared with you guys that I didn't grow up in the United States. I grew up in Brazil, moved to the United States when I was uh, 20, 20 years of age. And as a Brazilian, you know, soccer is basically like a religion to me. And the World Cup is basically like a life event that only happens every four years, that literally um, we, we stop what we're doing in Brazil. The days that Brazil plays, it's usually a, basically a holiday. No one goes to work because everyone is stopping and watching the matches. Even people who don't necessarily follow soccer during those four years, they suddenly become huge soccer fans during this time. Um, and every time that the Soccer World Cup comes around, I basically do the same thing. And every time that happens, not only do I follow the news, do I follow what's going on with different teams, with different players, but I also actually try to watch as many matches as I can. You know, of course, uh, uh, we have life, we have work, we have stuff that we got to do. But I, you know, so it's not like I can watch every single match, but I do try to watch as many matches as I can if the time zone, depending on where the World Cup is being hosted, allows that. And, you know, and I, and I truly mean it. So no kidding, like at the, at the clinic, at the K9PT, we actually have, not for this purpose, but we actually have televisions installed in each treatment room. And every time there was a game on, while I was treating patients, I actually had that game on. You know, usually we have a playing Pandora or Spotify or have something on, but you know, I wanted to watch the matches and, and, and my clients would ask questions. You you become like something that would talk around and some of them would understand about soccer, some of them really wouldn't. But it was always like a, a, a cool talking point. And if nothing else, I would just educate them about soccer, about, you know, my culture, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, I watch it, you know, the games, because I just I just love doing so. And I enjoy watching the games. And uh, uh, what happened is that I couldn't help that throughout the last few weeks while I was watching games, while I was watching the news, while I was following the World Cup, there was just some lessons that I was able to draw from it that I was like, huh, like some of these lessons actually can be easily applied towards our businesses as well. And that's actually what we're going to be talking during uh, today's podcast episode. Now, uh, uh, let me preface to the fact that I am recording this episode before the semifinals between Argentina versus Croatia and then France versus Morocco actually take place. So I just wanted to say that just in case I say something that when you're listening to it, even a week from now, might feel kind of like outdated. Uh, definitely if you're listening to this episode many months later or something like that, you know, because the championship match is going to be on December 18th, which is very weird, by the way. Uh, for those of you who uh, follow soccer, that, you know, the World Cup is a summer event. But because of political reasons, since it was being hosted in Qatar and it's crazy hot there during the summer, they had to switch to be there during the winter. But, you know, 
that's not what I'm here to discuss. So let's talk about it. I think I drew basically four lessons from it, okay? The first lesson is that there are many ways to win the game, but we can only do so if you master the basics, okay? There are many ways to win the game, but we can only do so if you master the basics. So in a soccer match, you can play in many different formations with a number of different types of players as long as, you know, you have 10 players plus a goalie, basically. So, uh, you know, just to keep it simple, for those of you who, who are not soccer enthusiastics, you know, you can have what we call like a 4-3-3 formation with four defenders, three midfielders, and three forwards. You can go with a 3-5-2 with three defenders, but five midfielders, and many different variations amongst those. And, you know, each team plays in a certain way. Sometimes teams play different matches with different formations depending on who they're playing against it. Uh, you can attack even within the same match. You can attack with one formation but defend with another depending on how positioned the players. Uh, you can defend with what we call low lines which where you stand back creating like a more compact defensive lines uh, or you can be more aggressive where you create what we call high lines where you put pressure basically when the other team is trying to get out of their own defensive half with the with the ball you know and and, and throughout the game you can adjust your lines you can uh, put more pressure you can put less pressure you know basically adjusting the pace of how you're playing you know because it's a long match and 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 many other things. Uh, that's the cool thing about it. Many other things that you can change as the go as the game goes on. You know, not just in terms of substituting players and putting other players, but like I said, changing your tactics, changing your strategy, changing on how you're doing things, depending on how things are going for you for your team that day. And hopefully by now you can kind of like see what I mean a little bit in terms of business ownership, right? How can we take this concept and apply it to business ownership? And the thing is that there are many ways to have a successful business in canine rehabilitation. And I even emphasize that with my mentees and when I host workshops and so forth, and, and now through this podcast, that my way of doing things is not the only way. I like sharing my lessons. I like sharing my experience because I feel that there is a lot of benefit to a lot of you all to, to learn from it. But let me say it again, that my way is not the only way. There are other successful canine rehab businesses out there. They have done things uh, uh, vastly different than the way I have done it, you know, and they're very successful as well. But I feel no matter which way you look at it, for you to have a successful canine rehab business, you need to master the basics. No matter which strategy you have, which business model you have, you're going to have to master the basics. So just like in soccer, you can have many different tactics, many different strategies to win the game. It's the same in terms of winning in business. But for those strategies to work, we're going to need to master the basics. Because if you don't, then it will eventually get to you. The best example that unfortunately I can give it from the World Cup to you. It's my own uh, team, Brazil, who had arguably the most talented forwards, the most talented group of uh, attackers in the World Cup. And to be fair, they did have some solid defenders as well. But despite the fact that we were winning 1-0 with only four minutes left uh, uh, in overtime against Croatia uh, uh, last week, our nature as Brazilians is just to go forward. 
It's to go forward. And we were winning 1-0 with four minutes left, and we went forward to try to score a second goal rather than compacting and try to defend to hold that score. And it is because it, it, it is what we do. But that is a little bit of mastering the basics in terms of knowing that we don't need to score a second goal. All we need to do is to not get scored in the next four minutes and we're going to make it through. So what happened is that the game was almost over and we defended with uh, 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 the high line of putting pressure as Croatia was trying to leave uh, their defensive midfield. And we gave room for them to counterattack, tie the game, and then taking the, the game to penalty kicks, which they won, and that's why they made it into the semifinals. And another example, too, is uh, for, you, for those of you guys who have been following, is Morocco. Morocco, who is not a traditional powerhouse in soccer, and actually, it's the first African team to ever advance as far as the semifinals, which, as you can imagine, is a terrific accomplishment. They mastered the basics of defending like no other team in this World Cup. And they play a very, very different game compared to teams like Brazil, to teams like Argentina, to teams like France that tend to play forward. But yet, they keep finding a way to win even though they actually don't create many scoring opportunities throughout the whole match. But when they create, they're efficient with it, and then they defend like no one else. So that clearly works. They made it this far, but it's a very different strategy from some other teams that are more traditional powerhouses. So this is to show to you guys that there are many ways to win the game. But you, if you don't master the basics, it is going to get caught up to you. So that's the first lesson. <clears throat> The second lesson is that things are more exciting once you have a, a better understanding about them. Things are more exciting once you have a better understanding about them, right? So let me t uh, explain what I mean by that. So for me, all these different tactics, all these different strategies and how players and coaches can make adjustments throughout the match is what makes uh, one of the things that makes soccer so exciting. And, you know, maybe it is because I grew up in a culture of soccer. I actually grew up playing very highly competitive soccer ever since I was a little kid up until uh, I actually moved to the United States and then still played, you know, fairly competitive in college. So I understand those things. I understand those tactics and the strategies and intrinsically what's going on with signing the match. But, for example, a lot of the clients that were watching uh, a match with me they, they don't understand that. A lot of my American friends don't understand that. And I've had a conversation with some of my friends, for example, who love uh, baseball. You know, baseball, very traditional sport here in the United States. But that, for me, it's as boring as it gets. But for them, it's exciting because as they're watching, they understand what's going on. They understand the strategy. They're thinking behind it. You know, they're paying attention to what the coaches are signaling to the players and this and that. They understand that, and I don't. And that makes it exciting for them because they understand what's going on. Now, if you really look at it, isn't that the same for our businesses? So let's take things like marketing, things like tracking your metrics, your KPIs, uh, uh, maybe bookkeeping, finances, you know, whatever else that it's part of running a business that you find dull, that you find boring, uh, uh, that you have maybe, you know, 
not a very good understanding of, of what's going on and what they mean. But what happens on your outlook on those things, on your business, once you actually start having a better understanding about those things? Wouldn't you think that it actually gets more exciting to, do, to be a business owner once we actually understand what, what we are actually doing, what we're trying to accomplish over here? Doesn't it become more exciting to be a business owner once we actually have a strategy and we're able to adapt and change that strategy based on our knowledge on what's happening within our business and knowing what changes we can make to it? Wouldn't that make more exciting instead of just being on this hamster wheel of every day being like another, you know, basically like a, like a, like a groundhog day? Right. So please stop telling yourself that something is boring. Stop telling yourself that marketing is boring, that tracking your metrics is dull, that knowing your KPIs is a pain, that tracking your finances is annoying. Instead, how about you work on understanding those things better? Now, it does not mean that you need to become an expert. It does not mean you need to become an accountant. You need to become a bookkeeper. You need to become a marketing genius. But I can guarantee to you that business ownership will become a whole lot more fun once you actually give yourself the chance to understand those things better, to at the very least master the basics about those things. And who knows, maybe actually you're going to become good at that. Maybe you're actually going to find something that you enjoy. And I shared that with you guys before. My goal as I opened the IPT was basically for me to uh, uh, create a job where I would be making enough money and seeing dogs, which was my passion. Along that journey, I opened up myself to learn more about marketing, learn more about finances, learn more about businesses. And I actually realized that, you know what? I actually enjoy this, which then led me into me helping you guys with this stuff, right? But for us to be able to do that, we need to open up ourselves to at least understanding those things. And then I promise if you understand those things, they are going to become more exciting. So that was the second lesson. The third lesson is to keep playing until the final whistle. Now, that can be true for any sport, right? Not just the, the, the World Cup. But for those who maybe have watched last week Argentina versus Netherlands, you, you maybe know what I mean. So let me try to paint the picture for everyone else. So it was already stoppage time, which stoppage time is that added, you know, maybe two, three, sometimes six, seven, eight minutes, depending on how the game match <coughs> is the time that the referee adds at the end of the half because uh, the clock doesn't stop in soccer. So we add, they add that time because of injuries, because of uh, the game stopping for different reasons kind of stuff. Anyways, it was already stoppage time at the end of regulation and Netherlands had a free kick right at the top of the box, which was actually going to be the very last play of the match because it was already well into the stoppage time that the referee said they were going to give. And Netherlands was, were down 2-1, to one, so of course they needed to tie that game to take it to overtime and still have a chance of advancing rather than going home. Now, since I'm telling this story, you probably can guess what happened. is They scored, they tied the game, and they took it to overtime. 
But the lesson here that I wanted you to take it was the fact that Argentina didn't play until the final whistle. Because what happened is that they were waiting for the player who was taking the free kick to try and hit that ball directly to the goal because it was a, 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 a very good uh, spot on the field to do that. So they, they were waiting for the player to do that and, and, and try to score the goal. But instead, it was so beautifully executed. The Netherlands had this set piece that they practiced a lot and, and successfully uh, 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 accomplished in the game where the player instead passed the ball to another player who found himself in the position to then score the goal, right? So what does that mean for our business is that nothing is over until it's over. Maybe a certain strategy is not working for you right now or maybe you're not hitting the numbers, the goals that you had set for you to hit right now or whatever it may be. Now, yes, that it could mean that you need to make some adjustments and you need to change some of your approach to things. But it also could mean that you are on the right track and you just need to keep pushing until the end. It could mean that you have the right strategies in place. But for whatever reason, things are just not going your way. But you need to keep pushing it. And there is a great quote from John Lennon that you might have heard that it goes, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Right? If it's not okay, it's not the end. So don't give up. Keep playing until the final whistle. Okay? And then the final lesson that I wanted you to take from this, from the workup, is that we live in an extremely globalized world today. And we need to take advantage of it. Okay, so the level of competition at this World Cup has been uh, probably the greatest it has ever been, right? And I've been watching World Cups basically ever since uh, uh, I was nine years of age in 1994. So I'm not saying I'm an expert necessarily, but then I read books. Uh, I, I've watched you know replays of even older World Cups once again because I grew up around this. I love this. So like I mentioned earlier, you look at a team like Morocco, for example, making this far along with other teams uh, uh, achieving some great upset wins along that way. And that would have been unimaginable in the past. Like I said, they're the first African country to actually make to the semifinals. And one of the reasons why that has happened is because of the globalization within the game of soccer today. So, for example, Morocco, on a 26-player roster that you get to take for the World Cup, uh, I believe what I read was 14, 14 players out of 26 weren't even born in Morocco, but they were actually born in different European countries to Moroccan parents, countries like France, Spain, Portugal, where their parents you know, have migrated, and they were born over there. And that has happened more and more over the last 20 or so years, as the world has become more globalized over the last few decades, and folks move to different countries and then uh, grow up in, in different countries compared to where their parents were. <laughs> like, look at me. Like, I'm one example of that. Right? I'm one example of exactly just that. 
And sometimes it's still kind of like surreal for me to think to the fact that uh, not only I have dual citizenship, you know, in Brazil and United States, but actually my daughter also has a birthright to both as well. She was born in the United States, but she has the birthright citizenship to Brazil as well. Right? And it's actually a bit funny. I'll share this. Uh, my wife and I often joke that uh, we need to encourage Susie to grow up uh, doing some sort of winter sport, especially since we live here in Chicago, right? It does get cold. Um, but, you know, the joke is that if she does a winter sport and she has a Brazilian nationality, then she can compete for Brazil in the Winter Olympics, which, as you can imagine, Brazil don't have a huge representation at the Winter Olympics. You know, so we joke that that's, that's her best shot of becoming an Olympian or something like that is to become very good at a winter sport and then go represent Brazil during the Olympics. But anyways, um, but, you know, then let's take that and try to understand what does globalization mean for our business? What does that mean for our business? And what I think it means for a lot of you guys, it means that the help and the support that you need are within your reach, which was very different if you think from 20 years ago. You can get help from people all over the globe. One of my business mentors is from the UK. And I'm here in Chicago, even though a couple years ago he moved to Florida. But no matter where you in the world today, the world is within your reach. And that's actually one of the coolest things about doing something like this with the podcast and my mentorship programs. Like I have mentored folks, can I rehab therapists, not just in the United States, but from Canada, South Africa, Singapore, Australia. I have taught over Zoom a business course to can I rehab therapists in Brazil. Like, how cool is that? And even looking at the metrics for this podcast, we get folks listening from everywhere. Of course, the majority are in the United States, but we get people in the United Kingdom, Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Italy, Canada, like so many countries. It's crazy to think that just by recording something like this, uploading and publishing, suddenly people from all over the world can have access to it. But like I said, was that the case 10, 15, 20 years ago? No, that wasn't. Some of you guys maybe were around the field of canine rehab 15, 20 years ago. Think about it. How hard it was for you to connect with other canine rehab therapists, right? We already know that even within sometimes our own city, our own region, there's not that many of us, right? And we feel isolated sometimes. But how cool it is with globalization today that we can uh, 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 network, that we can take advantage and in, 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 in maybe discuss cases and attend virtual conferences, learn from other people doing what we're doing all over the world. You know, technology has greatly changed that. And then COVID, a few just kind of like took it to a whole next level because people weren't able to travel. But we, as business owners, we need to embrace that and we need to take advantage of that fact. Not just in terms of how we run our business and the possibilities that it brings, 
but also in terms of looking for the help and looking for the support that you need, either from a clinical perspective or from a business perspective as well. Because today, people, resources are within your reach. I can get on a Zoom call. I can get on a phone call over WhatsApp with basically anyone, anytime in the world. Isn't that crazy? I remember uh, uh, when I moved to the United States, 2005. That wasn't like that was an iPhone. That wasn't smartphones. So there wasn't texting like there was there is today. There was texting, you know, to your friends around, but not internationally. And I remember for me to talk with my parents back home in Brazil, I had to buy those phone cards. Remember, you buy like 500 minutes and then you use those minutes. And then once it expire, I will go to the store and buy another 500 minutes. Now, through an app like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, I can instantaneously get on a call, on a video call with anyone, anywhere, right? How cool is that? So anyway, think about that. Hopefully, you understand how globalization can really help you, that you don't have to be isolated anymore. And if you need help from a business perspective, please reach out. Okay, please reach out. You can reach out to our email, hello at kniptacademy.com or I'll post it in the show links once again. But I'm more than welcome to get on a strategy call with you, get on a 15, 30-minute call with you and help you figure it out what you need to be doing to move forward. Does that sound good? All right, thanks so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com. That's hello at k9ptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.